The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat I will not wear the mask. I will not wear the mask. I will not wear the mask. I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above Rise all. up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate the work of those who fall away. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said... Mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmonious sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph in the works of your are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And good day, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina. The editor at sonsalbertymedia.com. And for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. Sonsoflibertyradio.com and sonsoflibertymedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right. You can see the face that's made for radio. Head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com and you'll see two videos at the top of the screen there. The first one on the left side is Bradley's show from the previous day, and uh, you can click on that and play it, on, play it up until 3 p.m. Eastern today, at which time he'll be live in that little area right there. Uh, on the right side of the page is where we're at, <clears throat> and yes, you guys watching by video, you'll notice, I, I'm not lying, we are actually live right now, but we are pre-recording the show. 
And the one on the right, the image will look a little different when people get over to that page. But click on the play button, blow it up on whatever device you've got, and then look for the Rumble icon in the bottom right-hand corner. Click on that, and you can join us in the chat on Rumble. We are streaming live to Rumble at Sons of Liberty Radio Live. That's the channel that we've got. And then we're also on BeforeIt'sNews.com, top of the page there. We appreciate those guys giving us a spot as well. And then while you're at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, look right under where we're uh, streaming live, and that's where you can sign up for our email newsletter. Again, you can um, sign up for this. This is once a day. We send it out between 7 and 8 Eastern in the evening. And so you'll get that. That includes the morning show archive, by the way, in that email. Also, while you're at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, our store is available. Lots of uh, equipping tools, uh, DVDs, books, and things of that nature. And then also we have uh, a lot of conversation starters, hats, uh, shirts and, and things of that nature if you want to check that out. And then finally, if you want to help support us, keep us out there on the Internet, radio, and among the people teaching our Christian constitutional heritage in the 50 states, there's a donate button at the top of SonsLibertyMedia.com. Click on that make a one-time donation. Or you can partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of liberty. And guys, we really do appreciate you doing that because we're going to do what we're going to do anyway, but uh, the support that we have allows us to continuously do it rather than be kind of bogged up with things. So, with that said, <clears throat> this past week, ran across a, a story here that I, I found really interesting. This was out of the Epoch Times, and there's, there's others who carried this story as well. But uh, this is what we had at SonsLibertyMedia.com. Mother investigated by U.S. military for her Facebook post that objected to lawless sodomite banners. Now, you know when we're here, we're going to use biblical terms. And <clears throat> though I say in tongue-in-cheek LGBT, they come up with all kinds of stuff. For those people who've been turned over, as we see in Romans 1, to a reprobate mind, because they won't honor God as God. They won't live their lives and honor God. They want to rebel against him at a, the most base level of where human sexuality is. Um, so <clears throat> she has been targeted over this because she was objecting to these sodomite banners in elementary schools, guys. I mean, I can remember back in high school, when I went to Ashbrook High School, home of the Green Wave, that just sounds kind of disgusting. Maybe they got that from Myrtle Beach down here. Uh, it's green water. That's what it looks like. I don't know what the deal is with that. But I can remember in there and being embarrassed even in the 80s when we had a biology class and there was this heat kind of video, uh, heat signature kind of video of a man being aroused and we were talking about bi biology. I was embarrassed over that as a teenager. And yet now it's gone way beyond anything like that. And uh, so this mom has spoken out on it. Now, she's this isn't her first rodeo. We're going we're gonna to talk to her about that as well. But uh, she's been on in the news here recently with several people and telling me the story of what's going on. And here today with us to talk about this is Angela Reading. And uh, Angela, welcome to the Sons of Liberty. Good to have you on. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Angela, you <clears throat> we, we were going to pre-record and I, I guess I I guess Tucker Carlson got in there and stuff. And that's fine. I, you know, as long as people hear your story, I think that's great. But, but can you tell us a little bit about you before we get into all this stuff? Tell us a little about, about about you. You look like you're a young mom and you're in the state of New Jersey. What else is going on? I mean, how because this isn't your first time being in the national news uh, as, as sorts, but but what's going on there? What's what's up with you? Who are you and what have you been doing? 
Thanks for asking. So yes, I'm a mom of two um, elementary students, two girls. That's my top priority. That's my life. In addition to being a mom, I spent 10 years working in public education as a special ed teacher, gen ed teacher. I'm a certified principal and director. I left education in 2019 after seeing what was happening in our public education system. I was pretty disgusted. I felt like I didn't have a voice with my conservative viewpoints, so I decided to go to law school. And I'm in my last semester of law school now. I take the bar this July, and I look forward to using my law degree to fight for constitutional principles and conservative values, both in public education and beyond. So that's who I am in a nutshell, but I've dedicated my entire life to fighting for children because I believe they are the most innocent and individuals who do not have a voice, and I'd like to be that voice for them and also lift up parental rights in the United States. Okay. All right. Great. That, that's a good background. Now, let me let me just ask you before we get into these things. You've been in this, the education system. You you said you uh, have been a principal or you're trained as a principal um, <clears throat> and things of that nature. What did you see in the system that got you out of it from being a teacher? So I, I also forgot to mention I'm uh, I was a school board member for two terms. I was the vice president of both the county and regional school board, um, a legislative representative for school boards, and my husband was actually the president on a local school board. So I have both the, both an understanding from a teacher's perspective, but also from a board of ed perspective. Okay. And the reason that I left public education in 2019 was I started to see this shift and, and focus away for, from academics and preparing kids for the future that you know those 21st century skills that we're constantly talking about and a focus more on what seems nice right like social emotional learning like certainly we want to meet kids where they are emotionally but I felt that it was going too far I felt that I had no voice that if I were to speak my opinions or my belief system I would be ostracized and ousted from the public education system um I will say in 2019 I did not see the sexual content that I'm seeing now. I do think there's been a huge and dramatic shift since 2020, but I I, I was reading the tea leaves at that time and seeing things were, were, were getting bad. And, and I'm someone who cannot stay quiet when I see things. So I didn't, I, I knew I had to get out then or things I think weren't, were not going to be very good for me as far as my career. So yeah okay all right no that's that's fair that because here's the thing on wednesdays we do an education show we have uh, lynn taylor who's the common core diva uh, that's what she calls herself <laughs> commoncoredivacom and uh, lynn is always digging into because the fact of the matter is the constitution is pretty clear the feds have it. no voice there is no authority in article one given to them for education yet they talk right. about it all the time they fund it they want to write rules they want to do all this stuff and they're not authorized to do it. And the states, being sort of the panty waste that they become, have said, well, we'll take your money because we're going broke here because we're spending just like you are, like drunken sailors. No offense to drunken sailors. But they, they do this kind of stuff. And it is, it is our stand at the Sons of Liberty that the state, no matter if it's the state, the county, the town, or the feds, have they have zero business teaching our kids in the first place. That's not their role. The role of the parents is to educate children, and we reference Deuteronomy 6 for this, where God says that we're to have his commands in our hearts, and we're to teach them diligently to our children. And why is that? 
so that our children don't forget God either because he's, he, he blesses us with so many things. And so we don't want to be so, you know, think that we've done it all on our own. God wants us to remember that, he, that he's provided for us. So with that said, <clears throat> you have had a situation come up in the New Jersey schools there. And can you tell us what did you find and then what did you do about it before we get into how you were retaliated against, so to speak? What did you find there and what did you do about it? What, what, what brought all the military on, for goodness sake, for a Facebook post that you put out? Yeah. So I love my town. I moved to North Hanover Township because this is essentially in New Jersey, a very rare red uh, township. So I moved here because I felt that we have this town really upholds conservative values. But I was really surprised on November 22nd when I took my two small kids who were six and seven at the time to a district wide math night. It was supposed to be fun activities for parents to engage with the math curriculum with their children and play games. I was very, very excited. My, me and my husband took our children as soon as we walked in the building, right at the front. It's They wanted you to see it. There was an entire wall of colorful posters. And from afar, you would think nothing of it. You would think, okay, this is just students' artwork displayed. But the closer I got, the more I saw that that's not what it was. It wasn't just student artwork. It was sexual flags, um, gender identity flags, and what was really striking to me was not just flags that my kids wouldn't understand what they are, words. On the posters were words such as polysexual, pansexual, asexual, terms that I didn't even know what they were. I had to look them up. But essentially, just imagine seeing posters with sex just written <laughs> across everywhere. Um, I told my kids to step away from the posters that they I didn't believe that they were age appropriate in an elementary school. And I immediately contacted a board member. I contacted my husband, contacted the superintendent, had a meeting the next day. And I contacted one of the parents of the hit, of the kids who created these posters, one of the posters. And again, just, or I didn't say this under the posters, it was the whole, all the posters were supposed to be about acceptance and tolerance. Um, so that's kind of under the guise of how they're teaching this. All three people, the board member, the parent I contacted in the school told me and my husband that this is perfectly fine. Our kids need to be exposed to these terms and concepts because they're going to see it on social media and kids are talking about it on the playground and that I just need to accept it. I didn't accept it, of course, because I don't think these yeah, I don't think these things are age appropriate. I think they are they conflict with my moral sincerely held moral and religious beliefs. So I went to a Facebook parent page with like-minded parents and I shared the posters, of course, with no names of students. I made sure that no one knew whose posters these were. And I shared my concerns with like-minded parents. And what happened was hard to believe. So I don't know how far you want me to dive in, but I think my story will show that I contacted the school, the board and parents, and nobody was willing to hear my point of view. Essentially, because they put these posters under the guise of tolerance and acceptance, anyone who objected to them was immediately a bigot. And I think from the left's point of view, 
that's really strategically smart, but we need to be able to fight back on that and say, no, this is not about acceptance and tolerance. I made it very clear in my post, my six and seven-year-old cannot be accepting of polysexuals because they don't know what sex is. So I think that we need to continue to fight back. And, and that's what I that's what I did. But let me know if you want me to go into what happened after I posted on Facebook. Oh, yeah. No, I, I want to know. But I, I want to just kind of pop little things in here. And if you yeah. if you see the relevance to what you're doing there, I want you to chime in on it, because <clears throat> part of the problem is, is that people are identifying as certain things, which they're not. Uh, this yeah. this whole polysexual uh, I'm sodomite, I'm a bi, whatever. All this stuff is is a confusion. And let me just take it over to where our foundations are. Our foundations uh, here at the Sons of Liberty, we go to the Bible first, and then we go to the Constitution as far as if, if you've took an oath to the office, you're held to that. If you can't hold to that, then well, you've got a problem there. But if we go over into Romans chapter 1, one of the things that we see is, is that the Bible says <clears throat> in verse 28, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. And the idea of reprobate is a worthless, it's a worthless, non-productive mind. And I got to tell you, this is the things that we're seeing, Angela, here Sorry, the camera's off here. Um, this is the thing we're seeing here is that there it, it hasn't been bad enough that, that adults are going down this road. It's that they're taking they're trying to take the children with them because once they go down this road of sodomy or lesbianism or any of this other stuff, procreation's pretty much off the table. Everything is about the the indulgence of their lust. It's not love, it's an indulgence of lust. And so they, they're corrupted, they want to corrupt the children. So you go to this group, you post these things, what happens as a result of that? Yeah, and I, I also want to just follow up. I, I totally agree. What I'm seeing is extreme individualism, which completely goes against any everything that, that the Bible states. That's right, yep. Um, and, and that's really what the focus is. It's these idolizing false gods and the individual, and it's to me, insane, and we're really going in a horrible direction in this country. So, thank you for bringing, um, you know, different Bible verses. Sure. I think we could probably we could probably spend like three days going through all the uh, different parts of the Bible that apply here. But what happened next was really, really scary. And um, so, your audience knows I've learned more as time goes on. So. At the time it was happening, I didn't know what was happening behind the scenes. And now I know. Um, essentially, after I posted on Facebook, um, a member of the U.S. military named Chris Schilling, he does not live in my town. He does not have children in my district. He saw my Facebook post and he decided that he was going to activate the U.S. military against me. He did that with Lieutenant Colonel Hall. Um, and uh, the colonel of the, the joint base military. They all began to have an email chain discussing my social media posts, how they disagreed with it, how you know they thought it was wrong. They started using what I consider moral blackmail, saying that me criticizing the school was a security threat, and I put a target on the back of children from right-wing religious extremists. What in the so world? I I know it's hard to believe. So essentially, they start having this email chain behind the scenes. 
that I, you know, kids were going to get killed because I was criticizing the school. And it's really bizarre to read because you could see that they, you have, you have to believe they don't believe what they're saying, but they were trying to justify the fact that my post needed to come down because what I was doing was exposing what was happening to elementary students in the school district. And they did not like that. After a while, a few days went by, they decided to rope in the police, my local police. They emailed the police chief with their concerns and they say, you know, we don't like this post. We don't agree with her values. We think the post needs to come down because it puts a target on the back of children. Still the same rhetoric that my criticism was going to get children killed. It's it's so bizarre. And the police chief took it upon himself to call the Facebook administrator because every Facebook group, somebody runs it. So he contacted the Facebook administrator who, you know, didn't know him. And, and he said to her, please call me at the police station. And she was worried. So she calls the police station and he says, Angela Redding posted on your Facebook group and it needs to come down because children are going to die. You know, she, Gosh, right, right. I can't believe that. Really? Yeah, right-wing extremists are going to target our school. You know, there's threats to our children. None of this existed. You have to understand, we know none of this existed. But the Facebook administrator, she did not know that, right? If, if the police chief of a township is contacting you, and she doesn't live in my town, this was a, a statewide parent group, um, she was, like, worried. She took my post down. She then contacts me. Again, I did not know her. She said the you know, I had to take your post down. I ended up talking to her and she told me everything. She said, yeah, your police chief said Homeland Security is involved and the military. And, you know, I took your post down. Like, what do you want me to do? And I just thought of my two small children. I've been criticized for agreeing to this. But essentially what I said was, right now, I don't need Homeland Security and the military coming after me. I was scared for my children. So I said, keep the post down. Like, I don't. I, I don't know what anyone would do in that circumstance, um, but immediately as a law student, I got on my computer and I sent an email to the police chief and I reminded him of the First Amendment. I told him he violated my First Amendment rights by his actions and that he needs to be held accountable. And that even if he didn't give a direct order to this Facebook administrator, using his power and position um, is a form of coercion and it's against the law. He did not like that. <laughs> um, and he ended up calling me, telling me, you know, listen, I, the, the military, he kind of cooperated with what, what, what it was told me, like the military's involved in Homeland Security. My mind was blown. Like I said, how can my Facebook post generate this type of response? And he really didn't want to he didn't really want to tell me much. So immediately I filed what's called in New Jersey an open public records request. So I wanted every one of those emails. Um, they originally tried to deny my request. The police said it, the information was classified. I said, absolutely not. Email sent to a police chief. You're a civilian. It's not classified. Um, I got all of the documents and I got all of the emails of what was happening. But then what, what's really crazy is Chris Schilling, um, this military official, he starts posting on Facebook. So he's not that bright, <laughs> not to be disrespectful. He starts putting out statements on Facebook saying, 
The joint-based military takes Angela Redding's actions very seriously, and we have activated multiple state and federal agencies to handle this threat. Insane. So, um, yeah. Now, now, uh, now let me let me get something here. <clears throat> we see we see these guys that allegedly go and shoot up schools, and I'm saying allegedly because if you remember back, you're you're probably old enough where you remember Columbine. And during Columbine, we actually saw cameras inside of the guys that are at least alleged to do it. But we also have um, interviews with several of the students and the people there. It says, wait a minute, there was more than two guys doing the shooting here. So I don't buy any of the lies he tells about that. But once the guy does his deed or whatever the, the story is that's manufactured, they come up with a manifesto. So, I, and, you know, they always do that. Somehow these guys have this time to write down these long manifestos that just kind of I kind of laugh at it because I think it's just silly. But you are a, are a concerned mother that this stuff is going out to elementary kids. You haven't threatened anybody. You didn't say, hey, I'm going to come blow up the school. I'm going to shoot the kids. or any You didn't say anything like that. You just said parents need to be aware of this so that we can do something about it. Uh, and, and by that, most parents would understand you mean we need to go talk to the school board. We need to say you need, guys need to get your act together and get this stuff out of here. You work for us. We don't work for you. That kind of thing. And to have the military and the police come in and think this. So I want to point this out, and I want, I want to get your – see if you see some of this that's going on in the situation that you're you're facing there. Now, this comes from the 45 goals of the Communist Party to destroy America. This was back uh, – put in the con congressional record, I think, back in the 60s. Here are the, here are the things that are, that are – that tie right with this. Use technical decisions of the court to weaken basic American institutions by claiming their activities violate civil rights. Get control of the schools. Use them as transmission belts for socialism and current communist propaganda, which they've been doing since at least the time of Ronald Reagan. He's the one who signed the, the deal with, uh, with the Soviets to bring in basically the dumbing down of America. And so uh, they're going to soften the curriculum, get control of teachers' association, put the party line in textbooks, gain control of all student newspapers, use student riots to foment public protest against programs and organizations which are under communist attack, infiltrate the press, get control of book review assignments, editorial writing, policy-making positions, gain control of key positions in radio, TV, and motion pictures, continue discrediting American culture by degrading all forms of artistic expression, an American communist cell was told to eliminate all good sculpture from parks and buildings, substitute shapeless and awkward and meaningless forms. And then they start getting into the stuff that we're talking about here. Control art critics and directors of art museums. Our plan is to promote ugliness, repulsive, meaningless art, eliminate all laws governing obscenity by calling them censorship, and a violation of free speech and free press. Break down cultural standards of morality by promoting pornography and obscenity in books, magazines, motion pictures, radio and TV. Present homosexuality, degeneracy, and promiscuity as normal, natural, and healthy. And then it goes on from there, infiltrating the churches and things of this nature. Angela, is this what you think has happened in the public school system? Do you see it firsthand? Um... I mean, some of the things listed, of course, okay. 100, 100%. I, I don't really subscribe to like saying that we're going in, you know, the direction of communism or fascism. I, I try to disassociate, but I will tell you that um, some of the arguments that were put forth against me stating these posters were inappropriate was they said, well, 
Angela, kids have First Amendment rights. And I said, of course they do. But anybody who studied constitutional law and constitutional precedent will tell you that the public school system, the school, is a highly regulated place for good reason, because we have young, impressionable minds. And while kids do have some degrees of First Amendment rights, they can't say and do whatever they want and hang whatever they want on the school uh, walls of the school. So I think they really want to keep pushing these things as normal and OK. And they do it both subtly um, by you know, just the little things they say in the classroom, but also just explicitly by what they're hanging on the walls of the school and to make it, it normal. I will share a story, a friend of mine, a very good friend of mine who lives um, in my neighborhood, her daughter came home and was telling her mom something, was essentially arguing with her. Now, this is a fourth or fifth grader and said, mom, it's totally fine to be gay. You need to accept it. It's fine. Everything's like was arguing with her mom who's trying to explain to her like, well, we love and respect everybody, but let me give you the religious perspective. And this like young kid was arguing with, with the mom about this. They're really pushing this in the the schools and trying to turn the kids against parental values, um, moral values. And, and what they do is they spin it and they try to say that anyone who has a disagreement is bigoted, is racist, is, I mean, I can, can't even tell you how many things I have been called just because sure. I don't want my young, I want my young kids ex, is exposed to words such as polysexual in a school. And unfortunately, right now they're winning the culture war. And I think we need better people, not better people, more courageous people who are willing to stand up and for our kids in the public sphere. So I appreciate the work that you're doing. Yeah, well, I, you know, these things, when you were saying I don't see it necessarily as public, pushing communism, I'm not going to argue with you, but that's the point. They want yeah. Communism works by demoralizing the people. If the people are demoralized, they don't rise up and they don't speak up. And so if you have a generation that is brought up that just says, well, this is fine, and they don't go back to this kind of history. For instance, this is... um. I've referenced this several times. I wrote this article many years ago. This is uh, this is William Blackstone. He, you know, he's the guy who who I mean, you've done constitutional studies a lot. You know, William Blackstone. Yeah. This is from the book fourth of Public Wrongs of Offenses Against the Persons of Individuals. And one of the things he talks about is it is a crime more detestable. What is he talking about? The, the crime against nature, sodomy, or they called it buggery. That would include bestiality, too. And he wrote about these things. Uh, if I went on down, I could show you. Here's George Washington. He's drumming a guy out of the army for attempted sodomy. We, we have the, the laws of New York, for instance, that the detestable and abominable vice of buggery or sodomy shall be from henceforth adjudged a felony, and that every person being thereof convicted by verdict, confession, or outlawry, which is unlawful flight to avoid prosecution, shall be hanged by the neck until he or she did. And several of these other states also mention that, quoting exactly from Leviticus. So this, see how we, we have transformed. We went from a society that said God made the law, we're wanting to obey the law so that we have liberty. If you get outside of that law, we have to, as the Bible says, put the evil away from us so that it doesn't impact our children, so that it doesn't carry on. It wasn't an issue of we hated people. It was an issue of, wait a minute, you've done something worthy of death, and we dealt with it. Now we're to the point of uh, you've got, a, you've got a, a grade school person arguing with their parents saying, there's nothing wrong with this. This was a felony crime punishable by death in these United States before, and now it's just... 
We're just trying to paint the walls with it. We're trying to put it on the news. We're trying to put it in the on the television. We're trying to put it in the songs. Everywhere, we have gone from this is a crime to eh, it's a lifestyle. They're just like anybody else, and that's not what's going on, and they're after our kids in the schools doing it. And, Angela, I have to ask the question, and it's not to put you on the spot, but how how do parents who see this and they call it out and the next day they send their kids right back into that snake pit. I, I don't understand. I don't get the, the mindset there because I've seen a lot of parents stand up and do the right thing, calling it out, seeking to get the junk out of the school, but they continually put their kids back in where they're, they never know. They're in there for, what, eight, nine hours a day now? I don't, I don't know how long they are. And their kids are being indoctrinated with this stuff. What is the mindset there for parents who, who do that? I'm, I'm not following. So I can just speak from my personal experience, and I'm not sure if others have that same um, experience that as soon as this happened, we actually did pull our kids from the public school system, and we started um, seeking um, religious schools in our area for the remainder of the school year. Every single school in my area did not have open enrollment and no room. This is New Jersey, so people really pulled their kids from the public school system during COVID, and our Catholic schools and religious schools have filled up significantly and are at the point of there's no room. So we were in a really difficult position. I'm in my last semester of law school. I have to be on campus. I commute almost an hour each way. My husband owns his own business. He has a company that he needs to be on site for. So we're not financially nor in in a position where someone could stay home and homeschool. If that were the case, certainly we would do that. I have an education background. I'm I'm capable of, of teaching my children. So I think there may be parents who just don't have any other option, whether it be financially. It is very expensive in New Jersey, I could say, to send your kid to a parochial Catholic or or private school. And there are parents who just have to work, blue-collar workers. They have to be on site, you know, doing their job. So I understand when people say, just pull your kids. It's not that easy for everybody. Um, I do think we should be working towards more accessibility and school choice. That's something that I'm very passionate about, giving kids um, opportunities to go to other school, whether it be school vouchers for private school, creating pods. I love that idea. People are doing that in New Jersey where a parent will run a pod of students. I think we're working towards unique um, alternatives, but it's it's not easy. I will tell you that we enrolled our kids in a Catholic school next year. And um, we were the first people to enroll for open enrollment, and they will not be going back to the public school next year. But not all families have the financial means to do that, which is why even when I pull my kids, I will continue to fight for my local public schools because these are our public schools. And we need to ensure that all kids feel welcome there and that we're not instructing things that are against, you know, our God-given rights to raise our own children yeah sure and I, I get that and i appreciate the explanation and i can tell you i can testify just as a, a father of 10 uh that we have we've had you know um our, our most people would be surprised they think oh you got a radio show or something you must be rolling the money well that's never been the case i mm-hmm. think at one time in my life for two years i made about 90 something thousand dollars the rest of the time it's been between 50 and 60 and so people can do it 
that, but they they have to choose their priorities. We're going to do without the cable TV, or we're going to do without the you know eating out all the time. I mean, there's things that you can do to make up for it. And ultimately, you know, it's for parents to teach their kids. So I, I want to encourage parents, even if it's tough for you, look for ways to where you can do that, to where you can have the impact rather than somebody else. And I don't even think you need to be educated to be an educator to teach. If you can learn, if you know how to read a book and learn, guess what? Get that book and read it with your kids and they'll learn right along with you. You'll look up words and you'll answer questions and you'll say a bunch of I don't knows and let's go look it up ourselves. And that's a great way to learn. That's real education. That's thinking. That's not regurgitating a date or name. So let me ask you this. What happened after these guys got involved and the emails start flying? What is the situation that you're dealing with now? Uh, with these guys from the military and the police department. Yeah. So once I got the emails, just so your audience is aware, there were 16 government actors involved. They not only had conversations between the police and the joint base, they also sent correspondence to Homeland Security, the state police counterterrorism unit. And they also reached out to the Burlington County prosecutor's office for counterterrorism, all because of my social media posts. So it's really scary to see how um, we are weaponizing our government and our agencies against law-abiding citizens. After getting these emails, I am blessed to say that I'm represented by the Thomas More Society, um, which is a national public interest law firm. And we are filing federal First Amendment claims as well as tort claims against for what they did to my name and reputation. So that's what we're doing now. We're trying to fight back so this doesn't happen to anyone else again. We want this to be public. We want people to know that it's happening because I will tell you, if it's happening to me, it's happening to way more, a lot more people. I just dug into it. Like most parents, I will say, unless you're really involved in politics or the law, you wouldn't even know to do a government document request. You wouldn't even know how to gain these things because it's not, the information isn't like something that you read on a daily basis. So I just worry how many other people has this happened to? How many other people are put on a list or targeted without them even noticing. So I'm hoping that um, this is something that can be brought to the national forum, which it which it has. I've been on Tucker twice now, and I will be speaking with members of the House Judiciary Committee this week because I know that they're doing um, kind of investigations into government weaponization against individuals. Yeah, I'm going to tell you, I, I always get the, the, the our government is so corrupt. They That's all they do is investigate and waste money and they never bring anybody to justice. That's what just dry, it probably drives you up the wall to you. This is the hair I have. And I have, everybody picks on me because mm -hmm. I got a big ponytail. But I want to pull all this out, listening to their nonsense about their investigations and never bringing justice in the matter. So it, what what are you experiencing now? Have the, has this uh, the shilling guy and the other guy in the military? They kind of went dark, went silent with you. Has the the police guy has he went kind of dark with you? And you're not dealing with that now that you have uh, some attorneys involved and working on the on the case here. So while they're not actively targeting me online, which is great, I still get active harassment from my community. I'm still being called a terrorist. I'm still being called. A fascist and a Nazi on a regular basis, um, given how they have portrayed me um, publicly. But I will say what's most 
difficult for me and what I'm struggling with is that they're all still in their positions. So the police chief is in my children's school every single day. So, yeah, yeah I mean, that to me is I, I don't understand how he still has his position. Um, my, he he my has it because my, the people keep him in office and they don't want to rock the boat like you're doing. If yeah, all the if so you my, had twenty five uh, parents in there, they would they would go and make sure he didn't have a job tomorrow. They wouldn't leave well, the place. You, well, the the police got significant national pushback after I went on Tucker Carlson on December seventh, and he still has a position. And my town is run by people that I consider friends. They are Republicans. They're conservatives. Um, in trying to, you know, they're always talking with me about constitutional values, and I've always had a great relationship with them. However, they've done nothing to hold um, Robert Duff accountable. The police chief's still in his position, even with national scrutiny. So it's unfortunate that we have to move to litigation to have some sort of accountability. I would have settled for an apology and he, him step down from his position, but he's still active. He actually comes to school board meetings, in my opinion, to intimidate me so that I don't speak anymore. At one meeting, he actually, because he knew that I was coming, he had a multi-jurisdictional police force at a local school board meeting. He had over 30, in my opinion, I think it was about 30 police officers, and he brought in metal detectors to search bags because I was planning to speak. He continues to create an atmosphere to portray me as a security threat just for using my First Amendment right to speak. They hold this institutional power, and I'm just not willing to stay silent about it. So the police chief's still in this position, and the military individuals who were involved, um, Lieutenant Colonel Hall, she was one of the people actively in these emails trying to suppress my speech, and she is still the school representative from the base. So she comes to board meetings and gets a seat at the table. And I've spoke at meetings and I said, you need to step down. You should not be sitting here. You do not make me feel safe or my children safe, but she's still sitting there. So it's unfortunate that our government has not held anybody accountable. And it's it's really unfortunate that we move to litigation to do so. Yeah. You know, one of the things that we promote here is what Article 5, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 15 and 16 promote, which is the militia. That is the men of the community. They are said to be the law enforcers. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, you're a constitutional return, or you're doing that study there, but that's what it says right in the Constitution. The militias did that. That's not the National Guard or the National Reserve or any of that stuff. They're doing. And men, look, I wasn't taught it. My dad wasn't taught it. His dad, I don't think, was taught it. But there were men. Obviously, we've seen in the past. You know, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with the voter fraud stuff. We look at the guys in Athens, Tennessee years ago, the veterans. They took the guns and they said, nope, you're not going to pull this on us. And they went and got the ballot box uh, that was being, you know, they were running their crime mafia there, their crime syndicate. And they got it out and they counted in front of the people and they ousted the bad guys. Well, the same thing goes on in the schools. It goes on in the voting booth, all of this other stuff. And my guess is, is that your police chief, if he's this riled up at you over pointing this out, he's probably one of them. He wants this talk to the kids because he's one of them and he's going to groom them. Now, I'm not saying he is, but I'm saying the Bible says this right here. This is the end of Romans chapter 1. Who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. 
And so, you know, we've got these guys, whether they're in the military, whether they're in the uh, in the police department, or whether they're in the schools, they're taking advantage of our children. They're making a prey of them. And I got to tell you, Angela, somebody does that to my kid, and I, and I don't. Our kids have not been to public school, but if you take them in anywhere else, and somebody does this to my kid, that person's probably not going to make it out of the building alive, because we we do value the innocence of our children. Uh, and and the, the the teaching and such of our children and when somebody goes to pray on it this is not a nice little thing that they have a lifestyle this is again I go back to um, I could bring up this uh, this little this great little piece by a guy by the name of George Painter this is on the sodomy laws of New Jersey 1668 was when it was enacted as a sodomy law in New Jersey 1976 or something I think is when uh, New Jersey said well we'll just you know, kick it back. People can see it here. Yeah, 1976, they they changed that and they removed the sodomy laws. So for what 300 years, pretty much, you've got these laws in there. Now it's being promoted as though this is just an alternative lifestyle. It's kind of like living off grid. I mean, that's the way it's that's the way it's presented to us. But this is a moral well, issue. It's a criminal issue. Go ahead. Yeah, like I do want to interject there is that I do not believe in any way, shape or form, any parent should be storming, going into a building or harming anybody. I think that we have the political wherewithal to use our voice in a calm and respectable manner to make changes, whether that be running for office or whether that be advocating in other ways. And which is why I've teamed up for different with different organization advocacy organizations. I think that um, any type of rhetoric where we're you know, threatening or even suggesting some sort of violence is just not helping our cause because this is what happens to me. I said something really, in my opinion, that I think is pretty middle ground and they're associating me with with people who are far more extreme. So I would hope that anybody who had issues with the school would be able to understand that this is an environment that needs to be safe and calm and, and you know, not everybody is bad in that. I mean, I love, I will tell you, I love the teachers in our district. I love the community, even though many have wronged me. I think that we need to win this with, um, in a more respectable way. And I think, I think we can do that. I really do. I think we're on the side of, of what's right. And I think more people are starting to come to our side when we show that we are the level-headed ones and, and we're not stating things like, you know, people not coming out alive and things like that. Like, I just want to disassociate no, that's, from that. that that's yeah. fine. That's fine. What I'm saying is if somebody does that to my kid, that's just going to be the way that it is. I'm not going to be nice to them. But when I'm talking about the militia, they are the they are the police force. We've got yeah, in our I, mind that the police, the guys in blue, they're the hirelings. We're paying them to do that. And more and more we see the problems that come from that. And what I'm saying is, is the men of the community are the police force. And that doesn't mean that you go out and, and you're killing people. What it means is, is that you're going, I was saying that off the cuff, if something was to happen right then and there, yeah, this is probably going to happen. Okay, it's probably gonna happen. Yeah, I would just I would just preface and be careful because yep. that type of rhetoric is really I think what I, hurts our move hurts. I our get that because yeah, and I really don't sure 
I don't want to be portrayed that way. No, and you're not. I'm saying yeah. this is my opinion. Yeah. So so you're yeah, distant yeah, from that. Yeah, I get but, it. But what I'm saying is the militia is really the police force. They're the ones who should be going in and making the arrest. They should be giving the due process because I do believe in due process and all of those kinds of things. They're the ones supposed to be the boys in blue, if you will. They're the thin blue line is the men in our community. And they've lost that understanding. It's right there in the Constitution. That's all I'm saying. So when you got guys yeah, who are hirelings, go ahead. Modernly speaking, and I even think at the founding, like that's not necessarily what necess that that meant, especially because, and and not I'm in American legal history, so we we've started in the 1400s and moving up. Now we're in the 19 early 1900s. Is um, things have certainly evolved and things have changed as we have grown as a country. So I do think like. We should respect our police. I back the blue. I black. I, I back our police force, even though one of them, you know, targeted me individually. I don't think that individuals should be grouping together to be police. I think individuals should be coming together to use the political system to win. Because especially in my town, is our town council appoints the police chief. So if you really want to make a change, then run for town council get involved that way hold hold the politicians accountable because they're really the ones that are putting these individuals in power i don't think it's necessarily an effective strategy to like form a militia or or anything like that especially when most of our police are doing what's right yeah well I, mine is not to attack the police but i do think there's a foundation there that that goes back a long ways in which we understand and we used to have when i was a kid uh we we actually they would be they wouldn't be the militia as we know them from the 1700s and stuff but we would have the the neighborhood watch now i rarely see maybe you guys have that up north i don't know but but now i rarely see any of those and it was made up of the dads it wasn't the moms it was the dads that got together and they just checked out and they they combed their neighborhood they made sure the neighborhood is safe these are the simple things that i'm talking about i'm not talking about going out and starting a war with somebody i'm just talking about the men being the ones who are the ones who are seeing what's going on and they're the ones who push forward as far as bringing the justice. Uh, I think the political system in large measure has failed us. There is there is a lot that works at times. I'm not denying that. But at, but at large, you see so much injustice. I'm seeing it even with you. Um, that, that the military can be involved. How does that work in the United States of America? They can go after a mother of two and they can issue these kind of threats. What did you call it? Some kind of blackmail or whatever? And, it's called moral. It's called moral blackmail. Whenever yeah. you, if, if you say to somebody, what you're doing is going to cause someone to, for instance, commit suicide. Right? There's this big discussion that, oh, if we don't, if we don't affirm children's transgender identity, or if we don't do this, they're going to commit suicide. Well, that's moral blackmail because they're saying if you don't, this horrible thing will happen. Instead of having an honest and open dialogue and with me them saying if you criticize what the school is doing if you expose what the school is doing kids will be killed that's moral blackmail yes, the only is. reason that they're yeah the only reason they're doing that is to silence me and and that's wrong is because they don't want to have an honest and open dialogue about what is appropriate to be hanging in a public school system yeah. No, I, th I think that's a great explanation. And part of the problem is we've been conditioned in a right and left paradigm and stuff. And we, we speak of it that way. And I like to say it's just simple. It's simply this way. There is the lawless, there's the lawless, and there's the lawful. There's not a right and left. You're either 
for the law or you're not for the law. And if you're not for the law, then you're lawless. You're not a leftist. You're a lawless person. And see, that's what that's I think, Angela, that's the thing. The problem is in New Jersey, if you lived in New Jersey and Mm -hmm. you read our laws, what they're doing is permitted under the law. Governor Murphy, after getting elected in short order, completely revamped our public education system. In 2021, they passed a law that said in grades K through 12, you need to infuse gender and sexual uh, sexual identities in all the curriculum. So before it was in 2020, everyone, you know, you know, with, was the health curriculum where I can opt my kids out of health. I can say I don't want them to be in the lesson about gender identity or sexuality. But now in the 2021 law, gender and sexuality by law needs to be infused throughout the entire curriculum K through 12. So the people who under New Jersey law would be considered lawless for what we're advocating is me because I'm saying that this is wrong. I'm saying that gender and sexuality should not be in elementary school, but our laws in New Jersey speak otherwise. And it's truly unfortunate and people really need to wake up and really we need to get some Republican. I know this, this podcast or is not supposed to be right or left, but understand in New Jersey, we need Republicans and Democrats who are willing to say this is wrong and we need to correct the laws and not allow these things to be essentially mandated in our schools. Okay. All right. One of the things that I would point to is like when you're saying they make these laws. Now, we we already know that the issue of sodomy, we've made reference to that several times. That comes based from God's law. And we have 1983 where the Congress recognize that our laws are based upon the bible okay so when when you know phil murphy and then the congress up there want to write just like they do down here in south carolina if they want to put something in and call it law look at what our forefathers did this is the declaration of independence this is what they said about the king he is combined with others to subject us to a jurisdiction foreign to our constitution and unacknowledged by our laws, by our laws, which were based upon the law of God, giving his assent to their acts of pretended legislation. It's not real law. And, and a lot of what you're referencing there isn't real law. Yeah, they went through the scenario, but do they have the authority to do that? The next part is, and then they say, transporting us beyond the seas to be tried for pretended offenses that are a violation of pretended legislation. I, I, I guess what I'm saying is, is this. The people have fallen into a trap of saying, well, whatever they write is law, and is, if they go through the procedure, then it's law. doesn't matter if we have authorized them or not. And I, this is where I say, man, we have got to pull this back. We, we've got to pull this back to say, wait a minute, you guys don't have authority for these kinds of things. In any case, uh, and, and just so people are clear, Angela is different than me. Uh, maybe she wouldn't respond in a situation where her kids are being molested or taught all these things or whatever i don't know not not molested like okay i I think i want to make it really clear that's what i was talking about i was talking about where they really have my hands on my on my kid their their hands on my kids Uh, that's the issue yeah. yeah but i will just tell you like being in the political sphere i want to win this battle i want to win i want we are on the side of what's right and what's moral and what is based in religious scripture i agree and and but in order to win, we cannot give them fuel and 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 media clips that allow them to portray us as extremists because they're good at it. Their messaging is far more on point. Not that it's correct. 
They're organized, and that's why I am just very careful in what I say okay. because I really want to win. Okay. I want to win. I want to protect all kids. So Amen. that was my thing. And, and and certainly if someone put their hands on my kids in front of me, you know, I'm not going to be yeah, like. I get it. We're out of time here, Angela. Thank you so much. Hang on. I'll say goodbye to you off air. Catch Bradley at 3. See you in the morning, 6 a.m., Lord willing.